find his presence when you're all alone? How do you find his presence when you're you're battling and you're up all night long? When you just have to, I don't care if you got to lay in your bed and say, here in your presence, I'm undone. Wonderful, beautiful, matchless in every way. No matter what it looks like in your home. But I think, it, I think where it starts is where you end. Some of you can act like you got it all going on and got a good career and got things going on. Show your best, hide the rest. I'm just telling you right now, God wants all of you, not just Sunday. He wants every bit of you. Constantly, every part of your life. We've been in this thing, new thing, this mind, and I couldn't shake getting back into. I got to get rid of all this. This is not happening. I couldn't shake but not get back into something that I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm just going to, can I just get in a word? Are you ready? Everybody say amen. Say, there we go. There's a church right there. It's okay. Don't be hiding and don't be the chosen frozen. Loud and clear. We're excited about the gospel. I mean, we get loud about everything else. You know what I'm saying? We... We get loud about all kinds of stuff. We watch, we watch football games and get loud. We, we, we watch these weird celebrity boxing matches last night and get loud. And It's like the MTV TV celebrity death match. That's what it reminds me of from the 90s. Like, this is ignorant. But we get loud. Why do we want to whisper at church? It's okay to amen. It's okay to stand up like, my goodness, that's good. It's okay. Don't feel weird and act like you're like, like we're at the library. We ain't at the library. We at church. And the church is alive and well, saints. But I, I think we forget that because every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Remember. I got to read this. Let me get into this so we can get going about this day. I believe this word is going to transform your life. You're not here on just for like some weird coincidence. It is a purpose. It is a direction of God that you're here. I don't care how you got here today. I promise you this. You're going to leave changed if you allow it. I promise you whatever, whatever got you here, it's not a coincidence. God's got something in store, and it's going to shake your soul today, shake your mind today. Matthew 6, 25 through 34 in the NIV. <coughs> I'm going to try to read this. Therefore... I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food or body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away barns, yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Hit the brakes. Y'all like birds? Some pretty birds out there, except the ones that crap on your car. When you just washed it. It's like pterodactyls, man. They're like, Thank you. But do you notice something that birds are chirping and it's beautiful and they have beautiful colors, but at night, do you realize it's quiet? You don't hear them at night? Because this scripture makes sense. Do you hear birds just chirping in their, their chirping beds? Because they're just so worried about the night. Do you hear them? If tonight, when you go outside, will you hear a bird? You know what they do? They go to bed. And we lay in our little nest and worrying up all night. 
And, and the birds get, they figure it out. I'm going to get what I need to get done through the day. But when I go to lay down, I'm going to sleep. Now, some of you don't go to sleep because you got your demon with you. Hello. It's not a demon, but you know what I'm saying. We, we call it, we, we're our own worst enemies. I can't sleep. And <laughs> we on this thing, and, and I get it. We do that at times because we try to detox and different things like that. But listen tonight when you hear. Do you hear birds at night? No. So let me, let me move on. I just I, I think about that because birds just they just go to bed. Let's 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 get it like the birds. That's for the birds, right? <laughs> it's for us too. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can anyone of you worry add a single hour to your life by worrying? No. Why do you worry about your clothes? I don't know. You ever been around people that worry about that? Maybe that was you today, trying to figure out what she's going to wear to church. Don't have church clothes. Well, what's church clothes? I didn't see that in the aisle at the store. Here's church clothes, aisle four. <laughs> That's why people get stuck on stuff at churches. They're like, wait, well, do you have your church clothes on because you don't look presentable? Okay, you look like pride, so go sit down. Anyway, um, oh, see how the flowers in the field grow? I mean, like those flowers. Pastor Jen preached a powerful sermon last week. I'm telling you, if you didn't hear it, you need to listen to it. Powerful about deadheading. See how they grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you this, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed as these. Now he was dressed, but not as those flowers. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall I eat, what shall I drink, or what shall I wear? For pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. See, it's not, this is where it twists right here, because we're like, well, we need things. But he, see, God already knows you need this stuff. And then this is the game changer. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Amen? We know tomorrow might have some troubles. They got it of their own, but let's just deal with today. Can we do that today? Some of you might be sitting there thinking about what you're going to do later. Definitely probably what you're going to eat in a little bit. But tomorrow, we can't worry about it. If we're granted tomorrow, then we'll deal with tomorrow. But can we just be thankful that you woke up and took a breath and got up out of bed and you were here today? Hey, he's good. You know, we, we forget about, like, we got breath in our lungs today. Wow. Because if not, you're dead. And then those beautiful flowers are growing. But we forget about the simple things that God did for us. We're able to breathe today. We're out of bed now. Some of you had to oil yourselves up like the tin man, but you're here. You're oiled up. You so anointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy about the mind because the mind does so many things. Do you realize it's like triple and quadruple the like advancement in life? Like 
just think about the smartphone. Just real, I mean, it's just a quick little thing. But it's only been maybe 15 years ago, maybe, that that's advanced. Maybe. I mean, I, I remember the Internet, and I was, it, it was in like 97, and they're like, hey, there's this thing called AOL. 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 And then Yahoo and, and the Internet. That's not that old, guys. Our minds are so crazy. Our minds allow us to do so many things. We make such advancements in life because of the mind. Because our mind is our power. Church, our mind is our power to do great things. If we can think it, we can do it. The problem is, is we think and then we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to, then we just self-sabotage or I, oh, it might be too hard. It might not be this. It might not be. Thank God that the light bulb just kept, you know, he kept messing up. He kept messing up. But he didn't stop because we're here today enjoying some lights, enjoying some of that electricity. Thank the Lord. Remember a month ago when nobody had power? Hey. Woo. But you see what I'm saying? If we just give up, our mind can do more than what our bodies will, what we think we could allow. Just like in lifting weights. You can lift more than what you think. If you dedicate yourself and know that you can get past you, you're not beating anybody else. You're beating you. Our minds limit us. <clears throat> and so if our minds are our power, here's what the enemy wants to do. I'm, I'm going to serve notice to the enemy today. We know your schemes. We know your plots. We know your plans. So church, quit acting so surprised when the enemy tries to come in like a flood in your life. Like you didn't know. Or like the end times are crazy, like you didn't read it. Like we're going to be getting it, well, it's getting crazy. Oh my God, I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do? Have you not been reading what to do? I can't believe this. I'm like, when COVID happened, it was the greatest thing in the world. Because it allowed the church to do what it was always called to do. Now that, I get, people died, I get that it is real, I get the troubles, but I'm telling you, when worst case scenario happens, what does the word say? Because you're going to find me standing on it. However, I got to stand on it. What does it say? So what the enemy wants to do, he wants to render you powerless. Here. So I want to talk to you about, it's real simple, why worry? It's it, that's it. Why worry? If he's doing stuff with the birds, he's doing stuff, why worry? Why worry? If he's doing all this stuff and he's taking care of stuff that's taking care of itself without all of us trying to put our hands in it, why worry? We can't just worry. See, he wants you to worry. And he wants to worry you to death. So much that your mind will lose its creativity. That you will lose your passion. That you will lose your sense of impact and influence and your purpose. That's what the, the enemy wants to do. He wants to worry you so much that you lose it all. So I want to ask you again, why worry? Why worry? And we know what the enemy wants to do. He just wants to worry you to death. Worry on certain things. Now, some of you, like we had a bunch of kids up here, and some of you getting worried about certain things or what they're doing or how they're doing stuff. I get that. But you're getting worried about certain things that you can control too. 
I don't know what he's doing online. Then check. Well, I don't know. You've got access. It might just be. What are you allowing him, them, him, her to do? Do you see what I'm saying? And we're getting worried. Well, they're just acting crazy. Well, what are they doing? Where are they getting it from? I get they go to school. But all summer they weren't at school, but they heard your foul mouth and evil tongue. And you mad at them for saying it. Lead by example. Why are you worried about how they might turn out when you're the one leading them? Man, that's... Somebody's, just go ahead and walk out. I, I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> People are like, what the heck? <laughs> no, I, it, it's just real. Listen, I, I've come to realize I ain't going to sugarcoat nothing. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to shame the devil. And I'm going to just say it like it is. And I'm not trying to offend nobody. If it offends you, please believe it should because you need to check right here. Don't check me. Check this. Because I'm offended daily with this. It offends me all the time. Because it goes in like a double-edged sword, and then it cuts and divides between bone and marrow. It hurts. But it makes you better, stronger, to withstand the ignorance of the enemy. Because he wants to worry you to death. I was reading in the dictionary the word weary. One definition of the word weary is that it has, it takes your sense of pleasure and exhaust it. Weary. To have your sense of pleasure exhausted. See, the enemy, what he wants to do, he wants you to stop having fun. He wants you to stop having fun. He wants you to be miserable. He wants to make you miserable with the stuff that God gave you. He wants to stop you from enjoying that. But I tell you this, he can't stop God from giving it to you. He can't stop God from giving it to you, but the enemy can worry you to death real quick with that nice bed you can't enjoy. You lay in that nice bed and you're worried all night long. You can't even enjoy it. You can't even sleep in it. He'll worry you to death where you can't even go and enjoy a pool. If you own a pool, you can find yourself just relaxing because you're getting worried to death. He'll worry you to death so you can't get comfortable in the house you got. And as you look around at the stuff, might as well be where you are because if, if the enemy can't take your stuff, he's going to take your mind from enjoying the stuff you have. He's going to take your mind from the stuff you have. I'm here to tell you, church, this morning, that the enemy's after your mind. He's after your mind. I'll say it again. He's after your mind. He's after your mind. Let me tell you something, church. That's why your car broke down. That's why your roof's leaking. That's why your stuff's going, going crazy. That's why you're dealing with what you're dealing with right now. The devil don't drive. And the devil don't want to work. He don't need your car. He don't need your job. He's just going after your mind. Because your mind is your power. Why in the world would the devil, oh, the devil's just wanting my car. He's just getting my car. Why does the devil want your car? He don't drive. Why does he want your, your job? He don't get up in the morning to go to work. He don't want your kids. 
Sometimes you don't want your kids. <laughs> oh, the devil just getting my kids. He don't want your kids. <laughs> he don't want them. He's just using what you care about to drive you crazy. To worry you. Because he wants your mind. So if he can take your mind, he can take your power and the authority God has given you. Your mind is your power. Your power is your mind. Your power is your mind. I was reading in Matthew 6, 25 when I just read that. But in the, in the Bible app, and the Bible app is amazing. If you don't have it, you need to, you need to download it because it's so cool. But in the Bible app, you can do a comparison of the scriptures you're reading and get a different insight on, on different uh, translations and, and stuff like that. And I was reading in the Bible app, and I was looking at the comparison, and it's so crazy in 625 in the King James Version. It says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. I, I, I know the rest because we said the rest about what you eat and about that, but I just had to stop in the moment because I was reading this, and I'm thinking, hold on, take no thought? Take no thought? I mean, I'm uncomfortable saying that because I'm trying to teach people how to take thought. Get some thinking going. Understand the enemy's schemes. Think about these things because he wants your mind. Take no thought. You know, I don't want to preach about that. But it, it, I'm reading this and it triggered me and I'm like, oh, hold on. Take no thought. Now we got to take, what? Take no, what? Jesus, now Jesus is saying this stuff. Take no thought. Take no thought. He's saying... So, you know, you, you got to look into this, and he's not trying to tell you to be mindless. What I think is going on, and he's actually telling you not to be distracted. Take no thought. Not to be distracted. It's the same scripture just the, in the King James Version. I, I, it just stuck out to take no thought. Just don't be distracted. He's telling you not to be distracted. Do you not know? With these possibilities of what could happen, I, 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 I look at this, this whole thing that these possibilities and this stuff, and it says take no thought, and you're, you, you want to not think, but you do want to think, but he's pr saying, listen, there's so many distractions in the world today that we could seriously just lose our focus just by tilting our head just a little bit, just a little bit. I, I guess I'll say it like this. You can be in such the possibilities of what could happen tomorrow that you miss the pleasures of today. You can be so focused on, on my, what might happen tomorrow that you're going to miss it. You can be so engrossed with, with trying to fiend off of what could happen that's, that, that you don't even embrace what, what is happening today. That you don't embrace it because you're so focused on tomorrow. See, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we know that. Some of us are saying that with me. He comes to steal, kill, and he comes to destroy so everything he can't kill, he wants to steal. So if he can't kill it, he wants to steal it. Could the enemy be stealing your today with your worry about tomorrow? Could the enemy be stealing your today with your worry about tomorrow? If he can't kill it, he'll steal it. Could he threaten you with death tomorrow so you don't enjoy life today? 
So what good is being alive today if you're going to spend today worrying about your death tomorrow? And I, I, I look at it like this. Well, hey, you're going you're gonna to run out of bread next week. Yeah, but I didn't run out of bread today. Come on, church. You know what I'm saying? Well, something's going on. Well, I didn't today. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. But watch me eat my bread today. I'm not guaranteed. you got to understand what I'm saying. I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who it is, but I'm talking to somebody today, and it's hitting you right in your soul right now. So I want to go back and see what led Jesus into this conversation. And, and when, I, when I read the text before, it, see, you get to look. Therefore, therefore what? So go back and look. What is he talking about? What is this whole conversation of what I just read? And, and then you have to read back. And if you keep going up a little bit, it talks about in Matthew 6.22. It says the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, then the whole body shall be full of light. If your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. Now you're reading this whole scripture, and this is how you study the Bible. You read it, and then you need to go, therefore, do not worry. Therefore, so I need to go back. Therefore what? What are we looking at? What are we talking about? So go up a little bit more. Understand what he's saying. And I, I, again, I did the comparison. I did the translation. Because it says in Matthew 6.22 in the NIV, it says the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. The King James Version says, if the, basically says, if your eye is single, the whole body is full of light. And I'm thinking, okay, here's the whole scripture. We're just went above and just trying to figure out what's going on. And now we got to go above again and say, okay, what's this? What, what? Now, come on, what are we doing here? We're talking about the eye one moment, and then we're talking about the thoughts the next moment. Why does the eye in my mind, what does it have to do with each other? So God, Jesus is having this whole conversation, and he's trying to talk to us. Is, what does the eye and the mind have to do with each other? And it's amazing because you know for a fact they got a lot to do with each other. The eye and the mind, what you see, what does it have to do? Why does Jesus make this radical turn from the eye being single? If the eye is single, the whole body is light. And then after he says that, it goes into take no thought, take no thought, take no thought. Why would you think? Basically, the NIV says, do not worry. Take no thought, take no thought, take no thought. What causes the eye to... To be single. The eye to be single is, is it's focus. Focus causes the eye to be single. You ever put in binoculars and you're trying to see what's going on or check out the deer or check something? I got my camera. I'm not going to use the whole thing here. But when you're, when you're dealing with the camera, and obviously if you take the, 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 the cap off, and you're trying to focus, you have to manually, now we don't have to manually do this on our phones, but you gotta manually focus in, and if it's not, hey, what's up? If it's, uh, what's up, mom? Uh, Dad, good to have you back. Your Hawaiian shirt. Um, 
But if you don't, if you don't focus it right, if you don't get this thing focused in, it becomes a blur. When you, even on your phone sometimes, if you're too close to it and it gets real, kind of blurry a little bit, it kind of it messes it up. And if you go to the eye doctor and says, if your eye is single, if your eye is single, the whole body is full of light. You go to the eye doctor and they say, hey, I'm seeing double. People do this because they got to deal with glasses. Man, I'm seeing double. I'm seeing double. What's wrong with me? See, you're designed for your eye to see single. You, sh you shouldn't be seeing double. Again, if your eye is single, then you're full of light. And he starts saying, take no thought. And you start looking, and you start checking these cameras, and you're, you're checking this stuff out, and everything is a blur. And, and I think what happens is, is because it's all a blur, because God's never created us to try to see double, he wants you to see single. He wants you to fully see the picture for what it truly is. But, but if you don't, and you know, how many pictures have you gone through because you've hurried up and took a picture, and, and it's blurry, we can do this on our smartphones many times, and, and a lot of it is if you're trying to take a picture, you don't want somebody to, you know, know that you're taking their picture. You do it quick, and it blurs it fast. And, and if you're doing with the, the manual, you're really trying to focus in if you're truly trying to take that picture right. And it becomes blurry, and you can't see it, but the problem we have is people are living their lives so blurry, so out of focus. You can't even understand what it is. You have no idea what's going on. So we see we've we, we're so out of focus at times that, like the Bible says, that we, we see men walking around like trees. There was one in the Bible that had a, he was trying to get healed of his eyesight, and he's like, I see men walking around like trees. He, he's still blurry. But here's what we do at times is we walk around like we're still blurry. We've been touched, but it hasn't been cleared up yet. Jesus touched this man, and he still was blurry. And it hasn't been cleared up yet. Are you going to have enough faith to keep letting Jesus touch you? And if it's kind of blurry, and, it, and if it's not cleared up, see, our opinions and our attitudes and our reactions and our decisions are not sharp when it's blurry. They're not sharp like they could be because we live our lives out of focus. And the things we do and the things we say and the way our mind is, because it's out of focus, we make decisions based on a blurry situation. And then what happens is, is our body is not fully in the light. And then our decisions aren't fully smart. And then we can't see the details. So we make dumb decisions. And we can't see clear details because we're out of focus. And that's why God sent this message today to get something back, to get it and bring it back into focus. God sent it to bring it back into focus. And the focus is do not worry. Do not worry. But we make decisions and everything we've made and the things that affected us have been because it's a little blurry and we're, we're still not clear on it, but we're going to jump on it. Don't move until you get in focus with God. Psalm 119, 130, it says, the entrance of, of your words gives us light. It's talking about God. The entrance of your word gives us light. The entrance of your word gives us light. I love what it says, that same in the, in the, uh, in the passing. It says, break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. 
Those with open hearts are given insight into the plans, into your plans. Listen, did you hear what I just said? And you've been praying about certain things. of like, search me, God. God, give me the plan. Give me the idea. First, you've got to get focused. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Is it shining out? Or do you still blend in blurry with the world? Are you still worried about it? Because the moment you get worried, you get blurry. Until revelation light shines out. Because all you can do is walk in the light of God. And those with open hearts are given insight into your plans, God. That will set you free, church. If you're looking for the word, if you're looking for that scripture, it's right there. But when you're worried, you're blurry. You fade. Do not worry. Do not. Touch your neighbor and say, God's bringing you into focus. Just tell them, hello, God's bringing you into focus. You might just need to tell them because they're still trying to fix their lens. God's bringing you into focus. Focus, open your eyes and see it. Do not worry. See, what God's trying to say is, God's trying to say this, I'm trying to bring you into focus. Hear what God's saying. I'm bringing you into focus. Because you're fighting without your certain weapon. I'm trying to bring you into focus, God said. Why? Because your mind is the lion's teeth. Your, your mind is the eagle's wings. Your mind is the weight of an elephant. Your mind is the cheetah's speed. God is trying to get you into focus. What are you doing? So if the enemy wants to paralyze you in any kind of place, he will paralyze you in your mind until you didn't make good decisions because you were so worried about things that God can only fix. That's where the enemy wants to paralyze you. Get you worried so he can get you blurry. So you're not oozing with light. You're uneasy. You can't make the decision. You know how many Christians are worried? It's unreal. Over even crazy stuff like saying Jesus. Telling somebody about the Lord. Leading somebody to Jesus. Do you think that it's just my job? You got it twisted. Our job is to seek and save the lost. It's not just a pastor's job. It's anyone who calls on the name of Jesus, who is a fully devoted follower of Christ, to lead somebody to him. Is it just mine? No. Will I do it? Absolutely. But I'm waiting for the story of focus. I just led somebody to the Lord at lunch today at, at work. You know, I was at Walmart and I saw something and I just led somebody to the Lord because you could see that they were just real, they're not focused. And God just led me to this. Our students saying, man, at my locker, man, I saw somebody just struggling and just told them about the love of God. That's where it's at. Do not worry. That's what I love because it's like that scripture that I just read. And I love that part about Solomon because he's saying, didn't I? Did I not clothe the lilies? They're dressed more finery than all of Solomon's array. And that dude was rich. That dude was wealthy. That dude had everything you could possibly want. Didn't I clothe them? Didn't I do it? 
And I did it without paint. I did it without getting any kind of colors of paint and crayons. I clothed the lilies. I clothed the flowers. And they did not worry. It was without worry. Without sowing. It was, they did it without sowing or without reaping. Why do you worry about these? The birds don't even have to worry about sowing or reaping. They just get. They get it. Without sowing, without reaping. They did it with trust and they did it with believing. That's good stuff. Amen? I don't know if you just caught what just happened. They did it without sowing and they did it without reaping. There's a higher principle, church. There's a higher principle. Did you hear it? There's a higher principle, church. There's a higher principle beyond sowing, beyond reaping. There's a higher principle. See, I say it like this. For those of us who stay faithful in giving, it's beyond sowing, it's beyond reaping. For those of us who faithfully tithe, who faithfully give, who faithfully serve, it's beyond sowing, it's beyond reaping. See, you don't hear that talked about much at church. You don't hear that when you go to church or if you go visit somebody at another church or whatever the case is. You don't hear it talked about much about the principles beyond sowing, beyond reaping. The principle of sowing and reaping says, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. It's basically saying this, give and it will be given to you today. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So if you sow tomato seeds, you're going to reap tomato seeds. If you sow corn, you're going to reap corn. If you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow faithfulness, you're going to reap it. If you want a friend... So yourself friendly. And all these are basic biblical principles. All these are basic. If you sow, you reap. If you sow, you reap. See, there's something beyond sowing and reaping. It's for the faithful that sow and reap. It goes beyond that. There's a comes a time when as you continue to stay faithful that he does something that's going to be exceedingly, abundantly, all you may ask, all you may even think. Prime example, what about this? I'll give you houses you didn't build. I'll give you vineyards you didn't grow. I'll give you blessings that make no sense. I'll give you something that you didn't even know how it, you got it. You all don't hear what I'm saying today. Man, church, if you sow and you reap, there's something that comes beyond that. But you've got to get the principles right so you can receive beyond that. You ever got a blessing you couldn't say? I don't even know where that came from. You ever received something that you're just like blown away? How in the heck did that happen? I didn't deserve it. I can't explain it. I didn't sow it. I didn't even look for it, but it found me. And all the blessed people shouted, Amen. It found me. Woo, God said, Listen, if you trust me, 
You trust me, I'll take you into the next dimension. If you just trusted me with your entire heart, I'll take you to the next dimension. You've got to trust in the Lord. Again, with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He'll take you to the next dimension. How in the heck did I get here? Because you are trusting in God with all your heart. I'll take you to the next level. I'll give you stuff you never had. I'll send you love that you never had. I'll give love to the loveless. I'll bring help to the helpless. I'll bring bread to the hungry. I'll give houses to the ones that didn't have a house. I'll bring it. I'll give them work that didn't have any work. I'll do it. I didn't even labor for it. How did I get it? God laid it on it. God laid it. God gave it. See, church, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to tell you today. This ain't your salary package. This is your benefit package, church. Come on. This is what that is. This is the blessing of God taking you from glory to glory. Don't worry. Do not worry. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Some of us have already been going down that road. We've been giving. Some of us have been doing that. We're already tithers. We're already givers. We're already sowers. So go, get ready. God wants to take you to the next dimension. If you're those people who already sow and tithe and give, you're going to the next dimension. That's what he says. He wants to take you. Woo, this word's for you if that's you. That's for you. If that's you, I believe it. I want it. I stand on it. Anybody else? I'm, I'm saying it for myself. I believe it. I want it. I stand on it. I'm ready for it. See, God's trying to say, church, well, I know I'm getting loud and crazy. God's trying to say, if you focus on him, he'll give you all that you have never sown for. He'll give you things you never sown for. If you just focus on him, that you never planted, if you just focus on him, that you never planted, that you never expected. He'll pour out such a blessing from all directions that you will not know what to do with it. That's why he says that in, in Malachi. Watch me pour open. Watch me dump the floodgates of heaven on you. That's the next dimension. That's what he's saying. So he's trying to tell you if you focus and get yourself focused and not blurry that he's wanting to do this. Because if you're blurry and you're worried, how do you see the blessing that he's trying to give you? Man, oh man. Woo! He's going to pour it out. In all and I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know about you. You might need to get up and spin around just because you're ready. I'm going to look for it right here. It might be in this room. I'm ready. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's what it said. That's what we read. Seek first the kingdom of God in all its righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. That's the word of God. Whew. Whew. I need you to tell your neighbor because I'm, I'm sweating. God's about to add to you. Just tell a couple people around you. God's about to add to you. Go ahead, tell them. God's about to add to you. God's about to add to you. But come on, you got to get it. See, you, you, God's about to add to you. Somebody better hear it. When you find that one praising, God's doing it. He's already adding. You find him, tell him, God's about to add. If you hear him praising, he's adding. Hey, church, he's adding a blessing. 
God's getting ready to add it. He's adding it. That's why the devil's been fighting you. That's why he's fighting you. Because God's getting ready to add. I dare you to praise him. I dare you to praise him. I devil dog dare you to open your mouth and praise him because he's about to add. That's why the enemy sends you trouble to try to shut down your praise and destroy your peace. That's why he's sending you this stuff. I don't care what kind of news you got. Open your mouth and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's so good. He's good, church. Man. Takes care of the birds. What are we doing? What are we doing? Praise the Lord. He's good. That's why. Woo. My goodness. I ain't preaching in a minute. Woo. That's why we praise him. We know what he can do. We read his word and we hold it face value and we stand on it and we look for it. That's why he's trying to take your mind. Again, he don't want your car. He don't want to drive. He don't want your work. He don't even want to go to work. He don't want your kids. He don't want none of it. He wants your mind. He wants everything you care about to be destroyed and chaotic. No, not anymore, devil. I will focus fully. I will have a clear thought. I will be devoted to you in all situations, oozing with light of your presence, God. Whatever it takes, I am looking, and I accept it but I'm faithful. I'm faithful to the end. I'm faithful. I'm giving. I'm serving. We need five people. Why not ten? Why would you see what I'm saying? I'm going to do whatever it takes because I know he's going to pour it out. And what if your blessing isn't the way you want it? What if the pouring out isn't even that? That you just saw the, the new pastor of the church standing right here. What if it's beyond you? What if it's your son? He can do whatever he wants. I'm just giving you a visual that you got to think the blessing might come in a different way than you think. I'm sweating so bad. We serve. Is this good? Is this making sense? Okay. So, so what the Bible's saying, whoo, we got cut hair soon. Okay. So what the Bible's saying and what Jesus is teaching it says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Woo. God says, if you focus on what I need, I'll focus on what you need. But did you not hear it? If you focus on what I need, God says, I'll focus on what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first. That's what God needs. And I'll focus on what you need in all these things. Man, man, man. But let's just look at it like this. There's no need in God focusing on what you need if you're going to focus on what you need. God said, focus on what I told you to do. I'll focus on what you asked me to do. Focus, if you focus on what I told you to do, God says, I'll focus on what you asked me to do. Man, I hope that sets somebody free, because it's so powerful. Because basically he's saying, if you're going to stay up all night worrying, I'm going to bed. 
If you're going to open the door for you, why should I open the door for you? Man, hear that. If you're forcing your own door open, why would God be a gentleman and open it for you? Let him do the job that he's created to do. He's a God of all. You know what's so funny? He just waits for you and he's like, here you go, son. Here you go, daughter. Let me get that. It's my pleasure. The hospitality. I got that for you. But you start opening your own doors and, you're, and he's trying to grab it to give it to you and you're just going through your own door. And he shakes his head. And you wonder why the children of Israel went around the mountain so long when they were only days away from the, the promised land. I was trying to... And you just did your own thing. God is not so much telling us not to think about it. See, to be anxious is, is to worry about what could go wrong. Basically, it's negative faith. Faith. Faith, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to keep this. This is not going to work out for me. People like me don't get stuff like that. I'm going to lose that. See, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. So what you are saying to yourself is bringing that faith. If, if I'll say it like this. If, po- if positive confession brought salvation, then negative confession brings destruction. Negative faith brings destruction. Let me put it in biblical terms. Proverbs 6, 2. I'm almost done here. You are snared by the words of your mouth. Trapped by what you said. Ensnared by the words of your mouth. What are you saying? What are you believing of yourself? The only reason you're going down is because of what you said about you. It is what you said about you. If you're talking about what people say about you, what people say about you doesn't matter at all, church. What people say about you doesn't matter. It's what you say about you. Because if people, if what people said about you could kill you, I would have been dead a long time ago. For real. It's not what people say about you. It's what you say about you. What people say about you does not matter at all. But it's what you say. Stop speaking negativity into your spirit that is canceling out God and what he wants to give you. You're canceling out by speaking negative into your own spirit because of worry. And he said if you'll focus on the purpose rather than the person, hello, If you focus on the purpose rather than the person, if you focus on the purpose rather than the problem, if you focus on the purpose with positive faith, like you lay down with that negative faith every night and beat yourself up with, if you focus on it, if you focus on the purpose with positive faith, the purpose of God, if you're speaking life into yourself, but the problem is is you lay down in bed and you beat the fool out of yourself in your mind. I'm not good enough. 
I don't look right. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too dark. I'm too light. I wasn't a woman. I wish I was a man. I can't fight like the world fights. Uh, this negative stuff. I look, look at my eyes. I don't like the way my face looks. Look at my hair. I don't like the way that looks. I need to fix my face. I need to fix. Shut up! You might have to tell your soul, shut up. I know we say that, man, that's, don't be saying that, kid, but just shut. Shut up. It's enough. Well, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think, shut up. It's enough. What does God say? What does the word of God say? He's not the author of confusion. So if you're reading a book of confusion, you're in the wrong book. He's not the author of confusion saying all this crazy stuff. Woo, let me fix it for you, okay? I know we got to get out of here. What's wrong with you is not what's wrong with you. That's got to sit in your soul, and you got to go lay down after you take a nap and wake up. You're like, oh, I get it. What's wrong with you is not what's wrong with you. God used Moses' mouth to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. And Moses... He, he, he couldn't even, even talk very, very well. He, 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 stu, stu, he stuttered too, too, too much. And he, there was no, 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 no way that you, God, you, you, you can't call him. I can't, I can't, I can't even talk very well. There's, there, I, I, there's no, no, no way. That I can go back. But it's all, it's about the way you think. For as a man think, so is he. It doesn't just mean just for a man. I'm saying anybody. As you think, that's how you are. No. And there probably came a point when Moses was just like, I'm just not even going to talk. I'm just going to shake my head. No. 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 So if you think right, then n nothing else, there, 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 there's no, nothing else to worry about. Because as you think, that's how you are. And Moses had a stuttering problem. But the way you think is how you're going to be. And so when God said, I'm going to use you as a mouthpiece to deliver the Israelites, then you got to say, here I am. Use me, God. I don't care about the weakness. And guess what? It'll set you free. God doesn't care about the weakness you have or the past or what you've been through or what you've done. He just wants to use willing vessels. I don't care if you stutter. I don't care what you've done in your past. He wants to use you now. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Oh, God, let somebody get that today. Let somebody get that today. Whew. See, it's not taking, not thinking about it. 
He's saying, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about those birds. Look, the birds ain't even worried about it. Look, those, those flowers aren't worried about it. Do you notice when it rains, your flowers just grow better? Like they're just... When you try to store up that rain. But God's going to provide how he's going to provide. Don't worry about it. He's not trying to tell you, church, not to be thoughtless. Stand with me. It's, it's time to stand. Okay. Some of you are getting numb in some weird spots, so let's get that up. He's not trying to tell you not to be, just to be thoughtless. He's trying to tell you that if you can think that you don't have to worry, that you don't have to worry about all these other things, that, that you can do great things, that, that if you trust in him, that he's going to do some great things. That if you can just get the worry out of the picture, that he's going to do some great things. He's, he's telling you, do not worry. See, worrying is rehearsing the problem with no solution. Hear me again. Worry is rehearsing the problem with no solution. Worry is a computer that keeps on buffering, buffering. But have anybody had bad internet? We talked about the 90s. Remember that? Dial up. Oh my gosh. Buffering. 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 That's what worry does. It just buffers the mind. It buffers and it buffers. Worry is when you're thinking the same thing over and over and over again without any kind of resolution, without any change. I guess I'll tell you this. God's trying to tell you, church, don't worry. Stop buffering. Stop the buffering process. Do not buffer. Do not buffer. Do not worry. If you thought about it and you didn't think of a solution, leave it alone. I'm trying to help you out. If you thought about it but you don't have a solution, leave it alone. Because you start worrying. If you don't got a solution, why even think about it? But if you're thinking about it and you have a solution, then you're concerned and you can make things change. But if you're just with no solution, then there's, there's, all there is is just worry. If you keep going over and over in your head, you have gone from thinking to worrying. Do not worry. Come on, church, say it with me. Do not worry. See, I need you to, I, I, you've got to get that in your soul. See, the reason I'm asking you to say it is because it's one thing for me to say it, um, but, but I want you to hear you, I want you to hear you from your own ears saying, say it, do not worry. Say it one more time, do. You've got to get that in your soul. You can hear me say it because I'm going to say it either way. I'm okay. I've said it for weeks now. Do not worry. See, when you go home today, what are you going to say? Do. When you go to bed tonight, what are you going to say? When you're driving to work on Monday morning, what are you going to say? Do not worry. When you're trying to find the right job, what are you going to say? Do not worry. If you got to go to court, what are you going to say? Do not worry. Woo! If you got those bills to pay, what are you going to say? Do not worry. When you're dealing with your health issues, what are you going to say? Do not 
worry. If you're dealing with financial issues, what are you going to say? Do not worry. If you're dealing with relationship issues, what are you going to say? Do not worry. If you're dealing with family issues, what are you going to say? Do not worry. If you're dealing with your children, what are you going to say? Do not worry. Because, church, when you say do not worry, you are stopping the buffering that goes on in your head, and you can have a clear word from God. If I'm preaching good to somebody, you better shout, church. Amen. Hey. When you say do not worry, buffering stops, blurriness stops, the focus comes in, the light shines out, and you get a clear vision for what God has in store for you because he is doing a new thing. He wants to do a new thing, and he's going to give you blessing upon blessing. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for it. I I, I ain't going to just limit it. I I want it all. I want it all. Come on, we're going to sing this, and we're going to get out of here. I'm going to pray. Oh. Seek first the kingdom. Just say this a couple times. We're going to get out of here.